Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Power metal and deathcore are two genres of metal that are pretty much at the exact opposite ends of the metal spectrum. Until I discovered the band Dragon Corpse, it seemed like these two worlds would never meet. To my and many others' delight, Dragon Corpse has somehow found a sound that works for both deathcore and power metal fans alike, releasing their debut EP, The Dracoth Saga, on February 10th of this year. Today, I am joined by Marty Leith, the band's vocalist, and Noah Laidlaw, the band's bassist. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Oh, well, good morning from my side, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> good night time for me. Yeah, I'm here in the nighttime, but it's kind of weird. Uh, like we discussed, I was working night shift, so this is kind of my morning. Your journey has are in, in metal has led you to start a band marrying power metal and deathcore, and I've said this many times before, but for myself, power metal isn't one of those uh, genres that I generally gravitate towards, with the exception of a small few, so like Sabaton or Ravenous. With that said, you guys have definitely helped me further expand my musical taste, so thank you. Good to hear it. <laughs> That's kind of the goal, I suppose, is that, yeah, trying to... Uh... Uh, bring the bring the cheese into uh, into more genres. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something I've noticed about you guys too. Is you 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 bring the cheese in a way that it's um it's very power metal like, but you also have a lot of fun doing it. And what I see on the deathcore side of things is a lot of bands have that more serious imagery, uh, more serious, more dark theme. So you guys do a perfect match of that. Yeah, well, I mean, realistically, like for me personally, when it comes to the metal scene and like how like people portray themselves and all that kind of stuff like actually topically looking at the whole thing of um of uh phil from uh from Whitechapel the other day doing an interview and saying that he wants to be intimidated again mm -hmm. uh intimidated by metal and for me it's just like but were you who was actually intimidated by this scene like do people actually listen to metal and they're just like oh man this these guys have got to be the toughest guys in the world or something along those lines it's like nah dude half the people were just nerds in high school that started playing angry music and then they made bands and then they made the scene and all that kind of stuff um and so like the the scene was never intimidating in the first place and so like if you're not going to for me, the the whole like trying to be aggressive and trying to be intimidating as people within the scene, that's the most cringe shit that you can do. Just having fun and being yourself and trying to like just enjoy what you're actually doing. Like to me, that's the that that's that's where it's at. Like, yeah, if, if I see people try harding too much, I'm just like, eh. like so yeah, that's my personal take on it anyway. <laughs> I think and I obviously don't know because I wasn't inside of his head, but I think part of it is like Maybe the intimidation factor isn't necessarily for people within the scene, but a lot of people look at metal from the outside and say, like, it's it's a certain level of crazy, a lot of aggression, a lot of chaos. So they, they do see it as intimidating. And maybe I would say because of how maybe accessible it's become with the how a lot of bands tend to gravitate from heavier to sorry, they tend to switch from like heavier music all the way up to lighter as they go on. So maybe they're just uh, maybe he's kind of reflecting that a lot of bands maybe should return to their roots where it was more aggressive and more selective in that regard i don't know oh yeah i could definitely understand that like again my my, my comment is literally like it's just funny because like you can you can look at like all of these like points of views are so subjective like it's crazy um like it, between genres between people's opinions on other genres and all that kind of stuff that like yeah like w whatever like whatever he was thinking when he was coming up with that i'm sure it was like actually um 
I'm sure it was like well thought out and all that kind of jazz. It's just from like a, an outside perspective of seeing something like that come up and then having it being like fans are having too much fun, garumph, and it's just like, well, come on, man. Like it's just like stuff like that, which, which that's maybe not even what he was getting at. Like who knows? Like because yeah, you can easily you can very easily get into one of those interviews and clip little segments and then just be like, this is what this person said, and then people go, oh my god, um, they they said this one thing, um, and then just completely run with it when it's just like, yeah, like who knows like for me as long as as long as you're being true to yourself and how you want to portray it and all that kind of stuff and that's the key like but yeah if you if you, if you just try to be a tough guy for the sake of being a tough guy nah. <laughs> Cringe. and it really depends on the band's imagery itself like if they're if they have a more serious um theme i guess if if they portray themselves in a more serious manner and then they do something like you guys and basically fill their social media with memes and have a lot of fun it really doesn't match whereas like you guys are, are putting that in the forefront and saying we're having a good time with what we do and we're just gonna have a blast yeah well i mean this is something that like i'm sure that like noah can attest to as well being in other bands that like this is pretty much the only band where we can do this um because like realistically like you know with noah and like planet killer and all that kind of stuff like it is it is like serious it's a serious band it's not a it's not a stupid crossover band or something along those lines um and so like yeah like 100 like if you're like you know i wouldn't expect like someone like death or something like that to start posting memes or anything along those lines because that's not the lane um but at the same time, there's plenty of that around. Like, there's there's still heaps of like just proper serious bands that don't do anything like this. But like, yeah, Dragon Corpse memes, memes all the time, memes every day, literally every day. <laughs> and it, it just makes things more fun too, because like when you when you go from like the world of like deathcore, especially everybody's kind of just like, oh, you got to be mean and angry all the time. But then it's like when you come to this, it's just like we're having fun. Everybody's laughing, and it, it's fun music to make. And I don't know, man, like. When people take things, like, too seriously, I'm always like, oh, that's cringe, man. Even though we're trying to be cringe, it's like, that's way more cringe. <laughs> we kind of got sidetracked. I wanted to start at the beginning. Um, what originally drew you guys to have your music, and who are some of the first metal bands that you started listening to? Hmm. I, I think for, like, me personally, like, uh, how I started off is, like, most people's journeys, you know what I mean? Like, your your dad or your uncle gives you, like, a Black Sabbath CD. Um, so that's kind of where it stemmed out for me. Uh, and then of course got heavier and heavier. Everybody like heard Slipknot for the first time and freaked out. And, uh, from there it kind of just, you know, led into death core, death metal and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's kind of just where it started with just, just the classics, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, all that stuff. Um, yeah, well, I mean... I, yeah, I feel that that's, like, very universal for a lot of people. Like, same thing with me. Like, my old man just gave me, like, a Bon Jovi CD. And then it went from that into, like, discovering um, uh, bands. Like, actually, funnily enough, like, me getting into metal was from, I, I don't know if you guys, like, even know of or can remember this band, uh, which is uh, Lordy. Oh, my God, you guys yes. Know Lordy? Like. So good. Um, you, you, you know Eurovision? So L O R D I. That's uh, that's Lord. Which, like, funnily enough, if you if you really think about it, like talking about having fun and all that kind of stuff in metal, like 
and cheese like lordy are <laughs> the supreme overlords of cheese and so but like this was this was probably inevitable this band was probably always going to happen um but yeah um <laughs> uh lordy lordy is how i got into that's it. awesome exactly like yeah they're just <laughs> cool. it's yeah whole, whole stage thing um but yeah looking like i got i um i ended up looking at um i think it was like i watched eurovision or something when i was a kid and they played and i was yeah. just like damn this is cool stuff. And then I ended up getting their album, listening to it. And funnily enough, it went from that into like bands like Atreyu and Bullet for Valentine and all that kind of stuff, because obviously I was a teenager in high school and angst. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, like we went from like the, me, I, myself went from that into like, uh, bands like Nevermore, Dream Theater and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And yeah, that's it, it pretty much just from that point, it was just like, hell, just give me anything. And so, yeah, yeah, that's my, that was my journey anyway. And how about now? Who are some of the bands on your heavy rotation? On my heavy rotation right now? Um, oh, geez. Uh, Obscure, Obscure Acacia. Um, the Zenith Passage. Um, Slaps. Uh, what, yeah. Oh, Fallujah. Those guys are fantastic. Oh, fucking insane. I, I'm into a lot of, like, tech death and ambient noises and stuff, so. <laughs> Those are all great records. And how about you, for you, Marty? Who's uh, who's on your heavy rotation now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but let me let me just quickly consult my my Spotify right now. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so we got uh, we got uh, we got Miley Cyrus. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> I did got, not expect that. We got some Avenged Sevenfold. Um, contrary to uh, a lot of opinions, I actually love the latest album. I think it's amazing. Uh, we got Baby Metal. We got Post Malone. We got Ariana Grande. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> um, but one of the, one of the bands that I actually really really got into um, lately after they played Not First because I wasn't really into them prior, but after seeing them live, uh, I I understand the hype around Bad Omens now. Bad Omens are great. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I I float between like a lot of a lot of stuff, and like I will listen to essentially anything. Um, and so yeah, I'll I'll literally bounce between like swampy country to again like yeah Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande then over to like die art and, and stuff like that and i'll just bounce around so yeah my, my what is in my heavy rotation is just yeah fucking, yeah constantly it's changing. constantly changing. <laughs> i kind of go through the same thing like i'll go through phases where i heavily listen to a specific genre of music definitely not as diverse as yours but i would say within metal <laughs> rock um rap blues and um, I, I would say that's probably it but yeah between those four umbrellas i generally gravitate towards i can't really do country for some reason I find right. it is like um, you need to find the actual because country country's huge. Like saying I, mm -hmm. I don't like country is the same as saying I don't like metal. It's like there's so there's so much uh, so many subgenres under country that like th th there's something for everyone. Like um, I I really got into a uh, a uh, subgenre called murder folk, which is uh, murder folk. Murder okay. folk. Um, and so that's bands like the Bridge City Sinners, um, the Dead South uh uh amigo the devil and stuff like that um and like that stuff is like uh, like norlands like just uh it's just so swampy and like mm. it just it just yeah it just said but to me it when people talk about country country a lot of people think about like the you know the current like nashville pop country and stuff like that and so like then they go like oh country sucks and it's just like well 
for me personally yeah that sucks but for a lot of people love that but then if you look at other genres it's like yeah there's just there's just so much there and so yeah i reckon my personal recommendation is just to look at some like sub genres especially like murder folk does kind of like line up with metal a bit so for so stuff like that just just a little just a little a little tip from your boy marty there i reckon no that's great um where would you guys classify or where would you classify some a band like me and that man that's kind of like a blues i don't know dark country or something i'm not really sure what to call it um yeah i mean like uh like blues once again is so encompassing that like you could call so many things just blues just straight off the bat so like it's blues um uh but yeah like dark, dark country is a thing as well like that's like like motor folk dark country the whole um uh like rockabilly uh like dark rockabilly and all that kind of stuff that you hear and like like that sort of stuff is like that sort of cinema esque like you hear it in a lot of movies and all that kind of stuff that sort of style um yeah like i would say that um like realistically like just to narrow it down like especially if you're going from like metal to like death metal which then there's so many other things under it yeah you could just say dark country for them and then that would like probably just that would be enough to like squash it down from it just being country and blues to being at least sub sub smaller subset anyway yeah okay cool yeah i'll definitely check some of that out um the only country artist that i can think of in recent memory that i've actually come to enjoy is paul cawthon sorry who was that he does um paul cawthon i think that's how you pronounce his name but he does like cocaine country cocaine country dancing and he does oh uh, yeah uh, uh, yeah song. Ooh, yeah ooh, ooh, he has a great ooh. voice <laughs> yeah hell yeah i didn't actually know that that was his name yeah no i i have that on my on my um on my liked songs as well yeah that song slaps <laughs> it's wicked i love it yeah you guys obviously fuse two different genres as we've touched on a million times already but so there are other metal bands that are making very interesting music and as a result of the genres they choose to incorporate so for example gone mage utilizes 8 and 16 bit intertwined with black or sorry 8 and 16 bit music intertwined with black metal and other genres Grimheart and Mercenary are both metal death power metal bands, so they're not as much of a stretch as you guys. And then there's also a power metal and a power black metal band called Forsaken Eternity that just came out with their debut album last year. Can you guys think of any other bands that are creating unique blend of musical genres? Maybe Electric I mean, Cowboy. From... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that whole. Yeah, I completely forgot about them. Yeah, like Electric, like it's um, it's one of those questions where like as soon as you're uh, as soon as you're asked, you're just like, there, you there's boy. heaps. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many, like, so many people are making so many interesting, um, yeah, so many interesting combinations, and I'm just, like, just banking on it just right now. Um, but, like, Ben, like, in terms of, like, making, like, really, really unique, um, sort of blends and stuff like that, like, yeah, I suppose, um, while I wouldn't necessarily call, like, Electric Callboy hella unique, it's definitely one of those, um uh like the, there's the whole thing about you either need to be completely separate or you need to master what you're doing yeah. i feel that that's what they've done like that like they, they're still definitely like in the scene doing their own thing and they've sort of mastered the actual formula obviously there so that's great but ben's like um uh we butter the bread with butter and stuff like that where it's like very similar um but maybe they just need like a little bit more refinement to get at the same level and stuff like that um but in terms of like really like cool um Cool genre mixes and stuff like that um yeah I'm right, just, another I'm... good case would be like cyber grind nintendo core um also whatever john mm. candy's doing whatever those candy. guys are doing yeah. is just insane i love it um actually like 
uh, suppose a strange strange thing dad i was just look literally looking through my uh my liked songs to just be like what have i been listening to lately that's actually really interesting uh, i have i have actually been really liking royal coda i don't know if you guys know those, those guys royal coda yeah. um where like they're sort of fusing the sort of like traditional sort of modern oh, traditional traditional and then i say modern metalcore like uh modern metalcore as uh, along with like sort of like dream pop a bit like that might not be the correct term that i'm adding there but like just the the soundscapes that they get from like incorporating that sort of like dream pop ambience into like metalcore song styles and all that kind of stuff as well as their vocalists being amazing like that's a really um a really great combination there um is becoming the memory one of their songs becoming the memory let me let me because uh Yes, it is. Yeah, that's 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 the top song. There you go. Okay, perfect. Yeah, hell yeah. Listen to those guys too. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a band that I that I recently came across that um I, I thought were uh, amazing uh, called The Armed, where they uh hmm. they um they i think it literally came up because like i saw one of their songs in fucking like cyberpunk or some shit like that um and uh they do like a really cool like mix of just like just punk and then like electro as well and like it's just so all of their stuff is just so just fast and because it's like punk and then you have those like electric like just like edm like added into it as well it's just like i can't even imagine a live show because i think that it would just be like literally people just fucking bouncing like the entire time and so i'm, I'm about it <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a departure from our current conversation but despite wanting to be rid of the whole covid episode this is when dragon corpse was formed so when you all came to together as a band how did you decide on a musical direction and what subject matter you guys would cover so um the, uh, the 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 way the Dragon Corpse came about was um, during yeah during COVID um, this pretty much uh, the band actually spawned essentially from uh, Lorna Shores to the Hellfire um, <laughs> because uh, because pretty much what was happening is that like um, I uh, during during COVID um, I got very bored of not doing shows. And all that kind of stuff and so i started doing covers just on youtube and all that kind of stuff just doing vocal covers just to keep up my chops and all that kind of stuff and um i i started doing these stupid like bait and switch videos where i would like start with like a, a certain song um like uh like i'll do like periphery and then like cut it into never gonna give you up and stuff like that like all as a all, <laughs> all as a one take um so that like you know it, it just looked like it was like legit and then i would just switch it up into something else anyway those were fun um and like the reactions that i got from them were really great and um when when to the hellfire came out um one of like a, a a while into me doing this like i think this was probably like a year or so like a year or six months into me doing the covers um and i'd met quite a few people from doing them because they were just like hey, hey this is fucking cool and so i want to know who you are and i'm like hello i'm marty leaf nice to meet you um and so one of the guys that i i ended up becoming quite good friends with uh lance who lives over in arizona um it, it just during the course of doing the covers he was like dude you need to do some celine dion in 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 one of these covers like you just need to do celine dion at some point and i'm just like that is a fantastic idea and so when to the hellfire was absolutely blowing up um i made a video where it went from the uh the end breakdown which everyone was going absolutely insane for um uh, but rather than it going straight like fully into the breakdown i then cut it into my heart will go on 
Um, and, <laughs> That's awesome. And like the thing was, is that like I was expecting it to get torn to shreds and people to get so angry, but it kind of went the opposite way in that I found out that uh, uh, that the the metalhead community in general absolutely loves Celine Dion. Um, as as they should. <laughs> that explain that death metal shirt. Yeah. As yeah, exactly. Like that's my that's that's my shirt. I'm I, like if anyone's allowed to wear that shirt, it's me. Um, but yeah. Um, and so yeah, I found out that everyone everyone absolutely loved that. Uh, like loved Celine Dion, and they loved the video so much that like it just got posted everywhere. Lorna Shaw posted it. All of the different members posted it. Uh, it got posted like a, uh, I don't know like two thousand times across like different uh different groups and all that kind of stuff. And um from that like when when one of the last times it got posted um during the first round anyway because it's had like it's posted like every six months or something like that. Just, it just randomly, it just has like, yeah. Um, during one of the last times of the last like rounds, um, uh, Chris, who's the guitarist currently of, um, of beyond deviation, uh, saw it and was just like, bro, we need to, we need to do something with this. Like we need to, we need to do something that is literally this video, but an entire band. Um, and so, yeah, that, like, I started talking to him about it and we were just like, yeah, cool. We need to make it like, yeah, deathcore and power metal because like, obviously my vocal style is very power metal. Um, and so the, the, and it just needs to be cheesy as hell. Like it needs to have, it needs to have lore. It needs to have, yeah, fucking dragons and shit. Um, and so, yeah, like pretty much from there, it was, um, Chris then got to work with how, like writing examples of how he thought the sound should be. He started getting the other members like, yeah, he got Noah on board. He got Justin on board uh at the time he had dale on board and um yeah like from there that's pretty much how the, the project actually spawned and then um as we started talking and getting to know each other um we started getting the idea of like yeah we need this to be just dumb like it just needs to be it just needs to be fun it needs to be stupid uh but it also needs to be like it needs to it needs to hit those like it needs to hit those beats like it needs to have the deathcore breakdowns uh it needs to have gutturals it needs to have falsetto parts it needs to have really soaring choruses with lots of like um like orchestration and all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah like pretty much we just looked at it and we're just like all right cool we need all of these things how do we put it all together so that it's like seamless like we didn't want it just like uh you know here's this section and then it jarringly goes into this section which is like power metal and decides like deathcore we needed it to flow which um i think we did i think we i think we successfully made it like uh yeah work (laughs) actually one thing that i was going to say a little bit or going to bring up a little bit later is how you guys seamlessly transition from deathcore to power metal and i think that a lot of the songs don't focus equally on both I think that's a, a huge strength of yours is some of them are definitely more heavy in the deathcore area and then others where tracks like Terror Eternal seem to be focused more on the power metal side where I think where I think you do hit the highest note in the EP around the two and a half minute mark like fuck me but uh, was that a conscious choice to highlight different levels of each genres and different songs or how did you how, how did you mold that perfectly? I've been talking way too much Noah you can just take over like, whatever <laughs> you want like yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah like the, the the main point of it was just like trying to make sure that there was enough deathcore and there was enough power metal and everything um actually one of the main things that we did is we wrote uh, well chris wrote out like uh, a lot of the instrumentals at first and when our first song came out somebody was like you need a breakdown you need more breakdown so we went back into our second song that we were going to release we dropped a breakdown right at the end of it when it wasn't supposed to be <laughs> so it was just like one of those things so as like we progressively made the songs it was like marty would be like i'm gonna do something cool here and then he did the falsetto breakdown 
and none of us thought he was gonna do that and he's just like what do you guys think about this and i'm like this is fucking crazy man like i don't even know it i don't even know man <laughs> and like it, it's terror eternal still like one of my favorite songs that we ever did and uh i, I just think it, it's it's so fun making the music because it's like here's the power metal stuff and here's the deathcore stuff and even when you're recording you're just like oh shit and go back to deathcore okay <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's basically what it is. We're just trying to make sure that there's not like an overabundance of deathcore and overabundance of power metal, and just trying to make it as seamless as possible. Are you guys ever surprised with the reception? All the music? time. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, seriously, it's it's like, um, uh, yeah, like realistically, like in our when we dropped from the sky, um. Uh, about a year and a half ago or something along those lines now um when we dropped it um it got like forty thousand streams like in the first week or something along those lines and for me like all of my original acts and all that kind of stuff like shit dude if we're breaking like a thousand in a week like i'm like damn this is a banger people are loving this um and so going from that to to people just like actually being excited it may be even more so about the project than that than me than yeah like as noah said it's just like all, all the time i'm still surprised that people even fucking like listen to us or anything along those lines like i love the music like i personally don't do any music that i wouldn't actually listen to like shit i listen to our stuff all the time like because i like it um but even then it's just like it's very it, 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 i can very much understand people not liking it especially the demographic that we're sort of actually marketing to um who hate clean vocals and stuff like that um it, it does surprise me very much that we do actually have people that are just like fuck yeah dragon corpse so. <laughs> dragos everywhere man yeah dragos everywhere <laughs> yeah the other night I was thinking about the band name and how it could be seen as a perfect reflection of your mix of power, metal, and deathcore. So in a way, it reminds me of like the corrupted dragons of like Dark Souls or something like Magic the Gathering, the dark side of fantasy, especially with the artwork that you guys had with accompanying the EP. So what was your thought process like when coming up with the band name uh, that would suit your music? <laughs> okay, so it's very simple. Chris messages in the chat and he's just like, what's the most popular uh, death metal band? Cannibal Corpse. What's the most popular power metal band right now? Dragon Force, Dragon Corpse. There we That's go. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> That's literally it. Yeah, we've been asked so many times about like how we got the name, and it's like, yeah, it's it's literally that. And people will just be like, oh yeah, it's Dragon Force and Cannibal Corpse, and it's just like, we do market ourselves as like deathcore power metal because like all all of our members are like uh like you know Chris and Noah are like hell heavy into like the deathcore scene. Um, uh, well Mark and uh, Mark and Justin uh and myself are more like in progressive metal and like me personally being massively into power metal and all that kind of stuff. Um, it just it 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 just kind of like it made more sense to market it as deathcore power metal, but realistically we are more death metal uh rather than deathcore. Uh, uh, if if you listen to it, like we are more death metal, but yeah, yeah, that pretty much Cannibal Corpse, Dragon Force. <laughs> Even in our original photo, I purposely wore a Cannibal Corpse shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's something I would not have picked up on. I would have thought you were just a fan. Well, I am, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to touch on this as well. But not only did you start up during kind of a troublesome time, but you also spread out between USA, Australia, and Canada. So how did you find all your members? And I know you touched on that a little bit. Um, so just like Marty said, like uh, Chris found Marty through the Lorna Shore cover. Um, and then from there, uh, he actually like messaged me because I used to 
Uh, I'll just flat out say it. I used to shit post a lot in like the metal metal groups and stuff like that. I I don't do it too much anymore, but like, so he found me from that, and he's like, "Oh man, you're from Ontario." He's like, "I need a bass player," and I'm like, "Sure, what is it?" And he's just like, "Deathcore power metal," and I'm like, "It's so stupid that I need to do it." <laughs> um, and then Chris made the uh, the post, and he's just like, "Hey, like I need a drummer and a synth player." And then Justin instantly messaged, and he's like, I'm in this band, listen to my stuff. We got him on board, and it was the same thing with uh, Dale at the time, uh, who's obviously no longer in the band, but uh, that's just how it worked. And then our newest member, Mark, uh, is actually in Throne of Exile, which is uh, Justin's band. So he kind of just moved right in, and he's been a, a, a great fit. Yeah, Mark's right. So really, it's, the formation itself wasn't much different than doing something locally. Like, obviously, you guys weren't able to meet in person necessarily, but you guys had the, the technology available to obviously get together and form a band. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, the, the glory of modern technology and all that kind of stuff. Just the internet, the internet can be a hell of a thing and it also can be a bitch of a thing. So, you know, uh, I suppose this is one of the, the moments of it being used in a, in a good way, <laughs> positive way. You guys also have a, a shit ton of different influences. Uh, some of them are explicit, for example, like the Shrek Dragon, uh, <laughs> the PlayStation art style for Dragonectomy. Were there any explicit influences that you pulled from when crafting your lyrics or artwork? Um, yeah, I mean, lyrically, I I sort of uh, pulled, uh, like, pretty much at first, I was just like, I fucking, I love concept albums. So, like, you know, some of my favorite bands, like Coheed and Cambria, Mastodon, stuff like that. Um, so I, I love concepts, and so that was my number one thing, is that this needs to be a story. And so, as you mentioned earlier, like, so, so, sort of dark fantasy, like, um, yeah, like Dark Souls, um, uh, Dark Souls, like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Uh, funnily enough, like, you know, Warhammer, stuff like that, um, where it's just like, you know, grimdark in general, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the, the sort of, like, um, inspirations that I took lyrically was, like, with the characters surrounding it, was that I, I, wanted, um, I wanted there to not really be any good guy bad guy i just kind of wanted everyone to just be like everyone has their own flaws like some more so than other um and then like like the one of the one of the protagonists i pretty much like modeled off of uh arthas from warcraft <laughs> like he's pretty he's he's pretty much just arthas and stuff like that um and so yeah like pretty much the the those sort of influences like those are the sort of images that i had in my head and then just went like it needs to kind of be cheesy but like it needs to have ooh, like you know the, um the, the dragon's gonna be your doom ooh. um and just like that sort of cheesy stuff um and you know like even from the sky like when i was first discussing that with chris and it's just like we need this cringe and it's just like what's more cringe than than the sky like every every single power metal band is just like you know motherfucking Valkyries and shit like that <laughs> and so that's literally all that was and when i wrote that it was like it was like three it's three paragraphs of lyrics like that's it from the sky is nothing like i, I designed a lyric book that we haven't actually put out yet because i honestly i just completely forgot about it due to like other circumstances but like all the other songs have like all of these like at least like two pages of like lyrics and then from the sky is like just it's nothing like it's nothing because it was just like <laughs> ah, it's just cheese like yeah peeps getting peeps getting slaughtered from the sky the end <laughs> and so you know sometimes the lyrics are, are, are actually a story and then other times it's just like oh fuck it <laughs> so yeah and and then obviously the imagery being uh zombie dragon but for the dragon saga and then uh for um uh i suppose just looking at the other artworks it's just like the artworks are just like 
illustrations sort of of the characters uh just that the audience obviously has some sort of frame of mind uh or sorry a, a viewpoint into like what what like the character i was sort of envisioning with it and then like obviously with dragonectomy we actually got the artwork for that first um because we were like yeah obviously um big titty dragon that's one thing we need um then i was like hey do you remember that fucking meme of like that that like little girl with the fucking bubbles cone thing or whatever and i was like can we have the dragon do it can we have the knight doing that and so that's that um and then the, the playstation um the playstation cover actually came from uh when we got the art back uh you know with like um uh cd covers and stuff they're always square uh, and so when i got the art back the art was like rectangular and so when i actually put it in um uh sorry uh just uh one second one second um no worries i am forcing my girlfriend to take an uber get wrecked <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway yeah um when we got it, it was rectangular and i was like tried like a couple of different things to it and then like i don't know why but i was just like oh you know what the art style of this like just legit reminds me of like you know like the medieval medieval game and stuff like <laughs> that with like whatever is so uh, sellington or whatever the hell his name is but yeah yeah something like that yeah they did the remake recently yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it kind of reminded me of that and so i was just like i got like the jewel case and i got like the i downloaded the fonts and i fucking put it all together and then i did all like the different stuff to it and i was like oh yeah this this slaps and so like that was just the artwork going forward yeah because like I, what pretty much with this entire band and noah can attest to this it's just like if it's funny or like you know if any one of us is just like oh yeah Oh, yeah, this is a banger. Like, it just it just happens. <laughs> Very yeah. factual. I was actually scrolling through your guys' social media the other day, and there were a few times I burst out laughing just because the memes were either so ridiculous or really funny. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I spend way too much goddamn time on the fuck up my <laughs> socials. <laughs> because, yeah, like, pretty much when it comes to the socials, it's mainly uh, it's mainly Noah and I. Um, yeah. I uh, sort of, like um like some of the the other guys every now and then will jump on and like you know answer emails and stuff like that um i sort of try and leave like messages and stuff like that to noah but um yeah uh for, for 99 percent of it it's like today for me like literally what what a sunday would be for me is that i get up i have breakfast i have a coffee and while i'm having a coffee i schedule out the next week's worth of memes <laughs> or like what, whatever <laughs> it is and so yeah yeah it's um for, for me like getting feedback that people actually enjoy it uh is just like good because yeah it's it's so much of my goddamn time um per week to like schedule out all this stuff and come up with new ideas and and you know staying on top of like meme trends and stuff like that it's like god damn it's like a it's like a job in and of itself <laughs> our drag this e-fest one was the best that shit was so yeah good. that took me fucking those those posters legit took me fucking hours like oh man i mean it went well like we, we got we got quite a few <laughs> like we got um we got like thousands and thousands of people like you know sharing that um sharing those stupid fucking posters uh but it was one of the things about like it, it crushed me when like it got shared out and um i only realized like when i was creating the next poster that i spelt international wrong and so I was like, oh, fuck. Like, all of these people just saw me. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, internet national or something or something along those lines. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, well, yeah, you can't win them all. <laughs> uh, I didn't notice any spelling mistakes, so we're all good there. Yeah. Now everyone's going to go back and laugh at us. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> these guys suck. <laughs> they just spelled it. just going to send you the post with its circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're going to be like, nah, we're, you're cancelled. You're no longer a band. <laughs> 
You might get canceled for forcing your girlfriend to take an Uber. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, yeah, get wrecked. Yeah, yeah, get absolutely wrecked, Aaron. You need to catch an Uber. You, that'll learn you. Yeah. Oh, she's like, she's going out um, to, to go look at bugs with one of her friends. And so they're going to go to like a, a nature reserve or something along those lines and, and look at bugs That's because cool. they're both really into that. And uh, I'm I'm not. So I'm just like, you have, you have fun with that. So, you know, whatever. They can... They can frolic in the in the mud or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we all have our we all have our things that we enjoy doing. Whatever. Now, since the Dragon Saga has now been out for about six months, and you've had a proper reception, yeah, live shows, and some time to reflect on its strengths and weaknesses, what are some musical elements that you'll be focusing on moving forward? Um, I mean, the main thing was that people didn't really like the interludes. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, we, we thought like when we were talking about it, um, it, we didn't, we weren't able to fully realize what we wanted out of them because obviously when we started the band, like we put out from the sky, which ended up being like in the later half of the, of the EP. Um, and then like, we kind of had to like reverse engineer getting the interludes in. And so like, and we all did it, we did it all in house as well. Like, as opposed to getting them mixed and mastered and all that kind of stuff, because if we were to do that, it was going to cost us a lot of money. <laughs> um, we ended up just like, you know, reverse engineering it and doing, doing it from there, which like, I think the interludes could have been better, but I think that they were okay. Like we all listened to it and were just like, oh yeah, this is good. Like it adds like the lore and stuff between the tracks. And because they were their own songs, like you could just not listen to them if you wanted to. And, um, but yeah, there, there were a handful of reviews that were just like, I listened to the album and then I got rid of the interludes and then I, now I just listen to the album without the interludes and I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, they're not for everybody, but I'm, yeah. I really like interludes depending on how it's done. Mm. I think some of them are out of place. Not talking about your record. In fact, I didn't even realize that they were interludes because I listened to the album basically traveling to and from work. So everything's just one seamless play. <laughs> but sometimes I've noticed in the past that they are really out of place and almost forced. Yeah, like, but the, the pretty much like, do do you like Devin Townsend? I do and I don't. Like, um, his songs are hit and miss, but I really appreciate what he does for music because yeah. I know that he's incredibly talented. It's just not my personal alley, I guess. Yeah, well, pretty much like uh, Ziltoid is pretty much where I was mm, going yeah. for with that. In that, like, mm. even though like the the interludes and that are at like the end of the song, and so you can kind of just like skip it, I guess. Like, you can like once you get mm. to that point, you can kind of just skip it. Um, but yeah, obviously we weren't able to do that because we had already released from the sky Blood and Stones. We couldn't like add it in because then. Uh, one of the main things is that image, like, I suppose this is going off track a little bit, but it kind of relates to where we are at, like, talking about this sort of stuff. Um, the image uh, socially is is so important um, when it comes to people taking you seriously these days. Like, you know, if you have, like, a Spotify with, like, 100 listeners, a, a lot of people will look at that and be like, oh, they're probably not very good, and then they won't listen to you. Mm. They won't even give it a chance. They'll just be like, oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, one of the things was that, like, we need to retain the listens that we have on the songs. And so if we were to add interludes at the end of From the Sky, we would have to upload that as a new song, and then it wouldn't actually have the, at the point that we released the album, like, 50, 60,000 listens or something. So then we would have... Mm. Yeah, and, and like what actually had ended up happening is that the, the album versions of the songs uh, overtook everything else because everyone listened to it. And so realistically, what you would actually have found is if we did that um, in our top listen songs, we would have had like um, all of these songs at like five, six, seven thousand listens rather than what they are now of like 80,000, 60,000, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of like, 
I hate this, but like it, it does like it, re it removes legitimacy a little bit because that's just the kind of industry that we're in right now. Like people look at these numbers and then they determine your worth based off of like the numbers there. And um, yeah, so like that kind of that, that hurt the interludes in my opinion. So like if we we've discussed it a bit for what we're going to do going forward. And I suppose just as a little teaser, like the first um, the first song will be the only thing that actually has a a what could be constituted as an interlude it would be more like an intro mm -hmm. um but the idea that we have for it is to like add some like rock opera elements to it so that should be pretty cool um yeah but like in terms of like i suppose i actually answering your question that you you asked before um yeah like pretty much what we're we're pretty much going to be keeping the same formula of what we actually did with dracut saga but we are we're we're focusing on uh a lot more of like the j metal stuff like um mm. like the chorus of blood and stones is very j metal um so we have a lot of a, a lot more of that uh in it um we have some uh, we have we even have some like pop punk sort of style like two-step style stuff in it also um and yeah like uh, apart from that though it's it's pretty much the same sort of sound as what we already did on the dracon saga i mean if you would agree to that noah like yeah i, I, I guess. completely agree it's got some a lot of fun parts in it. Mm. Because, like, as far as I'm like concerned... A... Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was about... The last thing I'll All say right. to that, the last thing I'll add <laughs> is that, like, as far as I'm concerned, the Dracut Saga was only, like, a taste. Like, I don't feel that we actually need to... I don't feel we actually even need to change right now, especially with, with um, Dragusi and Dragonectomy coming out. Like, those are, like, we just had fun with those. Like, we just were just releasing those as, like, one-offs. And then, like, obviously we go back to the original sound like on the next one and so i don't feel that it's even been overdone we've only just scratched the surface of what we're doing there mm -hmm. one thing i want to touch on marty is you mentioned that it basically boils down to a numbers game now and i've, I've noticed even myself sometimes going through spotify and if i see a band that i'll like a couple songs and it says 48 listeners i'm like okay well they can't be that good but at the same time i'm catching myself in that thought process and like but some of my favorite bands don't have very many monthly listeners mm. and I think you're absolutely correct in saying that it kind of removes the legitimacy. Just because a song is played a certain amount of time doesn't mean you're getting bigger. It doesn't mean the, the people are actually listening. It could just be a few songs on repeat yeah, or bot farms or whatever. So I don't know. How do you think that that could kind of be rectified or at least corrected a little bit? Difficult. Um, I feel like, and Noah can like probably back this up as well in that like, what constitutes a fan I mean, I don't really like the word fan, but I've kind of found myself like slipping back into using it anyway, because it's just ever on you. I suppose this is one of the things as well, is that like using the word fan, it's just like, for me, it's just like, that, that's a, that's a goddamn person that you're talking about mm -hmm. there. They're not a, they're not just some, they're not just someone that likes your music. They're an entire person. Um, and so it's kind of that sort of issue. You need to slap a label on it and everyone needs to accept that that label is what it is. So it's just like fan. That is the word. I don't like that word, but I'll use it anyway, because like, that's just what it is. And so it kind of boils down to that where it's just like, yeah, whether you're successful or not is based off of numbers. And it's just like, well, it's not numbers. That's an entire goddamn band. Like that's five people that have put like their blood, sweat and tears into music. And then as you said, there's 48 listeners. That means they're not very good. Or that, or that, sh that probably means they're not very good or something along those lines, which like, yeah, that, that it's it's gonna have to take like literal public perception changes and stuff like that. And realistically, like what I feel would actually help is if services like Spotify actually um, promoted uh, like user playlists more. 
because you know how like Spotify and, and all and Apple and all that kind of stuff have their editorial playlists and 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 all that. That I feel is an issue um, because like while it is absolutely fantastic and bands like um, uh, I'll say like Kalanashi and um, and a band that I really love that doesn't actually have that many listeners. Like I love a band called Sufferer. Um, they only have like thirty thousand monthly listeners, which I mean that's shit. That's more than us. But like at the same time, like these guys have been around for a while and they're, they're fantastic i found them through discover weekly and um their top song it goes from their top song oh actually no they've got more but they've got like 1.6 million views on their top of well, listens on their top song and that was from the, the one was on that was on discover weekly and like there's this like you do find fantastic things through spotify and like their editorials but everyone only focuses on that like you just want to hit those editorial playlists because you know that people are going to be listening to them whereas if these services did actually highlight like smaller um smaller playlists or something along those lines or even facilitated more of a oh we're actually going to curate our playlists through these other playlists rather than what is submitted to them through like their artist spotify and, and all that kind of jazz or um uh, looking at it as like looking at tastemakers and stuff like that because yeah. for me like tastemakers just in general are just doing the exact same stuff that other people are, are looking at anyway like it just it just recycles like people go oh yeah like um like i suppose with sleep token like sleep token would be a big one of that is that like oh yeah um this person over here like will ramos covered sleep token so then this person went oh will ramos who's a flavor of the month Actually, sorry, that I, I will retract that because that is that once again, that's a goddamn person right there, not flavor of the month. Will Ramos <laughs> is fucking Will Ramos is fucking amazing. Um, and so, but like in terms of like the whole thing of he's he's hot property right now. He's like he's yeah. spicy boy. Um, and so having stuff like that, like people will then go, okay, this person who's in is saying this band is good, so that for that adds legitimacy. They're good. I'm going to report on them now. This band is huge another tastemaker goes okay i see this boat person now talking about this band this band is huge and it just passes along that way and it's like we kind of just need to get out of that like we need to get out of the whole deal of like putting it sort of like putting these acts on a pedestal um that just gets handed up by influencers i suppose like if that's the if that makes sense um yeah, because I, I really don't see any other any any other way of, of like changing yeah. the sort of situation of just reducing um yeah like bands and people down to just numbers. And I think too to like add to it as well is uh, you know when I see people and they're just like why isn't my favorite band bigger? Why haven't you guys blown up yet? And then it's like, well you're not sharing the music. People need to start getting into the habit too of sharing their favorite band's music because it's it's not even like you know like a band our size or. A band that's like say as big as Carnifex, right? If people aren't sharing your music and sharing their experience of your music, it's harder and harder for people to find. And I find a lot of the time, so many people will be like, "Oh, I love this band, but why aren't they doing well?" And then you look at the profile, and it's like, "I've never even heard you talk about them." So I yeah. I think that's a that's a huge thing that needs to change. Is just people you know really trying to bring their band to the forefront because as much as you love your band. Uh, sorry, as much as you love a band, that band still needs the support for it. So the yeah. less and less people share it, the less and less people are going to hear it. Because uh, actually a, a really good point in what uh, Chris says all the time is like, you haven't met your biggest fan yet. And how are you going to meet that without people trying to really push your music, music that they love, right? So it, it's it's one thing that I really try and facilitate in people. And it's like, if you love a band 
share your experience with that band and you know spread it to other people it's not going to be everybody's taste but you never know when somebody else is going to find the band and share it to their friends and stuff like that right it's it's a it's a very big tumbleweed um situation right yeah, I'll, I'll actually example of that would be like the tape trading, uh, tape trading back in like the '80s mm-hmm. with thrash metal, yeah. yeah, and other types of course. But thrash metal was a huge one for at least in North America here. So many people would never have uh, figured out that certain genres existed or certain bands existed without those people going through each of these tapes, sending them overseas, putting them in envelopes, writing on the front, taping over with different demos, that kind of shit. Yeah, I'll actually now it's just a click away, so it's really not that hard. Yeah, yeah, I'll actually even add to it like uh, my own experience in that like Australia. Australia is so, like music, especially in heavy music, is such a clicky, like there's so many clicks. And if you're not in with the cool kids, you're kind of overlooked quite a lot. Um, there's also like just, just I mean, it's, it's international, but it's quite, it's quite a thing in like Australia as well of like just tall poppy syndrome and stuff like that. And like, or not, not even necessarily like the, the classic thing of like, if someone's doing well, I need them to not be doing well because I'm jealous or envious or something along those lines. It kind of gets to a point where like, if people perceive that you're doing well, that's where the support stops. And it's just like, dude, that's, that's where you need the support the, the most. most. Yep. Like, because like, yeah. if, if you're being perceived as like, making it like and i've i've personally experienced that like even within the last couple of weeks like especially with like the loudwire article and all that kind of stuff that we got that people saw that and went like oh yeah they've made it and it's just like wave we haven't made shit like we, we have all of these people now that are coming and taking a look at us but obviously if we don't have the people that have gotten us to this point like that have actually enjoyed mm-hmm. the music and enjoy, and like joined this experience with us like to get us where we are now it's just like if we don't have that there all that happens is that people goes oh cool so like you got this loudwire article but where where is everyone like what's the deal like why why are people why do people care about this band and it's just like yeah if, if we have if if we get to a point where we have all these people come in, if there's any negative reaction to that, that just snowballs. And so it's just like, oh yeah, this band sucks. And it's just like, well, who's coming in to say, no, they don't, they actually fucking slap. Like if everyone's going, they've made it, we can take a step back now. It's just like, well, damn dude. Like now, now it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just spirals. Like, yeah. So I feel that, that, that definitely like a better community, um, and better like engagement and just like, just, you know, if you, if, um, uh, I, 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 like, I'm assuming since you said you listen to rap, you listen to Kendrick Lamar. It's just like, you know, uh, not that much, but I know his music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, he says, you know, if, if, if shits hits the fan, is you still a fan? Um, and it's that like, yeah, are you going to actually be a fan of the band? Obviously taking, uh, whether the, the band members themselves are pieces of shit or something along those lines, like out of, out of context, let's not even go there, but like from a standpoint of like yeah are you going to if you really love this band are you going to support them ongoing like or is it mm-hmm. literally just like i like this band and then that's it and then 10 years down the line why isn't this band making music anymore it's just like yeah well shit dude like you didn't do anything with it so like you know every yeah. every, every musician makes music for themselves but like obviously like every artist wants to have their art enjoyed and if it doesn't get like totally. if it doesn't get a response or anything along those lines then shit like i'll just move on to something else mm-hmm. you kind of touched on like band members there and maybe being pieces of shit maybe not um i think that there's something to be said there too though because some bands have to face adversity because of things like accusations or certain incidents but i think it really depends on how they deal with it if the band does the right thing and basically says look we know this happened acknowledges it they they deal with that 
problem person, I think fans should still be able to be fans. And a perfect example of that would be, say, Mental Cruelty. Their last album, or sorry, the one that they came out with in 2021 was one of my favorites of that year. Yeah. So then they had some bullshit with the vocalist. They got rid of him. They didn't really say too much, but then they replaced him and then just carried on. And I think that's perfect mm-hmm. because when you start to cancel bands because of one member being a stupid fuck, um, you're hurting the other four or five people or three people, however many people are in the band. And that's not really fair because they're pouring just as much heart and soul into that art as the person who did the bad thing yeah get rid of that person then you can carry on as normal oh i completely agree yeah and it's very subjective as well like what the actual um uh what the what the actual response should be it's it's such a it's such a difficult like situation and yeah just like fully outright cancelling and all that kind of stuff is not is not the answer um but yeah, like it's it's just it's just tough. Like dealing with people just in general, like Noah can attest to this as well. It's just like you just never know sometimes and like obviously there's the people that are just like, Oh, you should give people a second chance and like for me personally, depending on what the person does, mm-hmm. fair enough. Depending yeah. on what the person does though not fair enough yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's... It, it also depends too on what they do afterwards because i know that everybody's made a lot of mistakes in their life and i guess it depends again there's that line in the sand that you just don't want to cross like but there, there also has to be a path for redemption and if that person truly does change their life and tries to make not only amends but make up for what they did i think that's totally acceptable but there aren't many people like that yeah no like that's the thing like a lot of people i don't i don't think a lot of people actually have the the fortitude to actually stand back in the limelight and fully accept and then change like that's the thing like so many people will just essentially say nah didn't happen and then go back into the limelight and then you just have that really toxic divide of people just being like they're only accusations and then there's the other people that are just like well i'm just gonna blindly think that this person's a piece of shit and then like that's that's where all of this come through like if if more people actually owned up to it depending on what it is obviously like obviously if it's something like you know rape or like that has actually been confirmed like that person's done in my opinion like that's not something that you just like to me that that like as you said like there's the line like that's that's not something that um for me personally anyway like obviously everyone has their own moral and ethic uh boundaries that they will ad- adhere to but like for me personally it's just like the type of person that would do something like that is not the type of person that i feel will ever um like fully actually be live up to my standards of how someone should be because that's like but for me i feel i feel bad like lying to people and like that's that's just it and then it's just like well for someone like that that lie like lying is like that's their that's well within their comfortable reach and so for me it's just like if people still want to listen to that person whatever like I'd, i'm not going to be happy about it but like for me personally it's just like i'm i'm not dealing with that like whatsoever done um and if that means and i suppose like i'll, I'll shut up after this point but this is my this is my only point <laughs> that i'll say uh about cancelling a band and stuff like that and what people are saying separate the art from the artist and all that kind of stuff um i can't personally do that like e.g. i love midwest emo and unfortunately the vast majority well, not the vast majority but quite a lot of people within the midwest emo scene are just creepy dudes yeah um and i've had to stop listening to bands because i'll listen to lyrics and then just be like fuck man like uh like daughters i don't know if you've listened to daughters at all um the the lyrics are very uh sexual in nature but like sexual in that it's frustration 
and then it turns out that there's massive allegations of the uh, of the vocalist just being a sex pest and stuff like that and it's just like now i can't listen to that band now without just being like fuck dude like is this what you meant by these lyrics like is this what you're going for with this like and so yeah it, it's like separating the art from the artist can't do it because like it's it's art i'm appreciating all of it at once and if i'm listening to what you're creating and it sounds creepy now i can't do it like and so it sucks for the other members but that one person destroyed that and so yeah it's it's it sucks but sometimes me personally i need to actually not listen to it in a situation like that where the vocalist has now been accused of a lot of different things and they've obviously written about some of those thoughts do you think it's more impactful for say the vocalist to be uh, accused of those things versus like say a bassist or drummer or guitarist um i I think for me like honestly like (laughs) whether it's a vocalist or a bass player or a drummer or anything like that like i i think the impact on a band for for me personally i i think it's just as bad because it's still somebody that's in the limelight with a band and obviously they're around fans all the time they're helping write music and stuff like that so you never know when a person being accused of something wrote a lyric on a song right it's it's not foreign that you know a guitar player will throw in a lyric here or something like that so i think it's it's it has as much influence as if a vo- if a vocalist does it right and i can't really think of an example off offhand right now but it's happened in the past and even to me too it's just like well now i just feel weird about listening to this music so yeah, especially if, if the vocalist was pouring their heart out on the page and then you're sitting there thinking, like, that's fucked mm-hmm. up. <laughs> it just sucks. Like, the whole situation just sucks. And it's so... The thing is, is that it is so complicated. It's like, there's there's mm-hmm. no there's no one true answer to it all. And, like, realistically, with a lot of these situations, like, fuck, like, who is actually telling the truth? Like, and it's just... it It's just so hard. And then, like then there's just the 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 toxic discourse between people like people don't actually want to have a discussion about it they just want to go i like this person so therefore if you're saying that you're not listening to them or whatever then like yeah you're a sheep or something like that it's just like that's frustrating mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's i, I think it's going to take us a while i think it's going to take like us as people it's going to take us a while to actually like sort through this unpackage it but um yeah it just sucks like i i, I never like any, anytime i see anything like that come up like i just feel sad like regardless of yeah. what the actual outcome is because it's just like well fuck like man i just want to i just want to do it for the music you know <laughs> yeah well it seems like as soon as something's announced there's going to be some sort of fallout even if it turns out not to be true and that hurts everybody regardless yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent now, again, switching gears, you're back. You're on track f- to release your second EP, as you've touched on earlier. And I've noticed, at least with Marty, your other side projects seem to focus on EPs as well. Have you given much thought to how Dragon Corpse will approach their releases? So would you guys be focusing on singles and EPs or full albums? And if so, what made you focus on that specific route? Um, well, I mean, th- there's a there's an, uh, an old video by Ola England from The Haunted who pretty much, like, went through his opinions on, like, what you should be doing as a band with like albums and and singles and eps and all that kind of stuff and like there was a whole deal of like realistically you should be as a new band or like a band that's still trying to make it or become established in a way that you should just be releasing single after single after single um until there actually is the um demand for a full-length album or something along those lines and so like i feel uh, like especially now in the modern time like just having an ep 
that you have singles leaning up to is like the kind of comfortable middle ground that um like reviewers and stuff generally won't touch singles they'll only touch eps and albums um and but for me like for me personally like i with the Dracoth saga like we released like three out of the five songs and so there was only two that like hadn't been released even though one of them is personally my favorite song like sun lover is my my to me dragon corpse is sun lover like so that sound everything that's in that song that's dragon corpse um and so while that was released as new it was only two new songs and so like if you're listening to it like as a as a fan that has been listening from day one that's only two new songs like there's that we already released three of them from the standpoint of like not everyone like you're all so when you send a link to someone that's going to be their first time listening to dragon corpse they listened to the ep they loved it awesome they liked all five songs or they didn't like any of it etc um that's great and so having that sort of like ep in the reviews and stuff like that is fantastic for that but like from a standpoint of like having content and being uh like keeping progression up and all that kind of stuff you could, like every band kind of needs like a a song in a pipeline um because otherwise like you'll you'll go like months and months and months with nothing happening um and then people will actually start questioning like what's happening with this band not so much for us because we post goddamn memes every day so like but we're here <laughs> we're here and so like we can sort of not need to do that as much and so we probably can just be like oh we might release like one single and then the ep that's something that we need to talk about like internally more as to what we really want to do about it because like i personally love just doing a single and then dropping a whole bunch of songs and then seeing what happens at that but at the same time i do like putting out every song and then seeing the reaction to that song but yeah it's difficult like um actually my last point once again i talk too fucking much um <laughs> that, um uh when when we released from the sky we got uh we got angel vivaldi to to take a look at it on twitch um and his whole thing was that we put out from the sky and then he went okay what else have you got like you've released this single i want to i want to listen to more but there's nothing there and so he's like when you're on the like when you're going to be on the scene the first thing that you should do is just drop a drop a i suppose like half an hour normal live set times a half an hour half an hour 45 hour etc etc um if you drop that single and then suddenly like people want you to play like if you don't have those other songs ready like you're fucked and so having that whole thing of being able to drop half an hour, have people be able to listen to all of those different songs and get the feel for you as a band and then like go from there. Like maybe you can do single after single after single. Um, I completely understand his viewpoint on that. And so like, I agree with it, but also it's fucking hard because like you might pour your blood, sweat and tears into a, into an album or an EP and then people just don't even goddamn listen to it. And so then it's just like all of this time and effort was, was wasted. And so, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So my last topic here for you guys today is uh, you're both in a number of bands. So Marty, you're you're also in Russian Novel, Path of Victory, and Petrified Giant. And Noah, you also play with Possess the Asylum, Planet Killer, and Wither Within. So admittedly, I have not had a chance to really listen to um, any of these bands with the exception of a couple songs. Can you just tell me a little bit about each and what's coming next for each of them? I mean, you go, Noah. I talk okay. too fucking much. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, no, you go, you go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so for me, uh, it's 
it's a little shaky with uh, probably the list that you're looking at right now. So Wither Within hasn't been active in like almost two years now. Uh, Possess the Asylum broke up a uh, bunch of stuff with that. But uh, currently uh, I'm in uh, Beyond Deviation and Planet Killer as opposed to Dragon Corpse. Um, so with Planet Killer, our last release was Fraudulent. And we're more like a slamming deathcore slash downtempo kind of thing uh, based out of Kelowna, BC. Um, and then, of course, Beyond Deviation. Uh, we actually have a new single coming out tomorrow, which is July 30th. Uh, and that's downtempo deathcore. Awesome. I actually knew of Beyond Deviation, and for some reason I did not remember at all when you brought that up. Anyways, sorry, weird sidetrack. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Good music, <clears throat> by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, yeah, like, Russian Novel um, is is my main, like, local band. Um, so, yeah, Periphery, Vale of Maya, Genty kind of band. Um, for me, that's, like, uh, that's my that's my main, like, passion project of I really want that to do something. But whether it will or won't, we'll see. Um, got, a new, uh, got a new track coming up August 11th, uh, which is inspired by Predator. Uh, yeah hell yeah fucking arnie um and so yeah that's coming out then um path of victory we're working on some stuff that band's been shaky so i don't know i'll just leave that for there um petrified giant petrified giant's fucking cool because uh, i don't know if you actually know the other members of petrified giant um but if you if you looked into that but um yeah uh one member is dave from uh from side nine happiness um and the other is yeah lala rath uh lal virus um from like money plays and all that kind of stuff and so oh, that, that's cool that band is fucking sick because like we released like a three track ep and then literally got more streams on that like in the first week than literally any of my other fucking projects within like the last year um just because like yeah just playing with playing with the big boys um so plans for that at the moment is that we're currently working on like uh we're either just going to drop like uh, another three track ep and then drop the nine ten track album with those two eps as inclusions like so it's like 10 tracks and then six of them have already been released four new ones nice. um and so yeah i'm we're currently just working through that at the moment no dates or anything along those lines um and then yeah same sort of thing with like noah like i have a bunch of other projects that like either aren't listed and currently being worked on or they're like uh uh, sort of dormant at the moment like soul decay we're currently we, we release like one track a year seemingly and so like well that's currently there but that's like just side project stuff obviously um and yeah like that's that's pretty much it apart from yeah all the shit that we're doing with dragon corpse now awesome well gentlemen i want to thank you again today for joining me especially with the difference in time zones between all three of us I appreciate your time, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again in, in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much, man.